Yo, good morning. How are you? Amazing. Well, better today than I was yesterday. And that's, that's what, that's what matters. That's what we do here, right? We're better than yesterday, better than a minute ago. Absolutely. Better every single day. I love that we're both representing our coffee. You have your Pokemon (laughs) mug. I have my like little, like just bullshit clay mug. Represents. Rania got me this mug. It's cute. It's cute. I've been really embracing, like, I know we keep talking about inner fucking child, but like, I really keep embracing that because it's like, it gives me something to do and to focus on like other than negative shit. So it's like, if I'm not feeling too hot or like, let's say like my, my progress in bodybuilding is not going the way I want to, even though it is like, let's say it's not, let's say we're not happy with where we're at, blah, blah, blah. Like the normal shit people go through. Right. It gives me something else to put my mind into that I didn't really realize like I needed. So I've been like really embracing it. Like I was telling um, Mark the other day, I was like, I don't want to start putting like out that I do all these video games things. And I like, I'm starting, like I collect cards again and shit. Cause I don't want everybody else to do it. Like, they'll never know what I know. Like, you'll never know it. Like, and he was like, exactly. He was like, exactly. Like, but at least like you have something that you are doing for yourself. Like, and it could inspire other people to figure out what they want to do. And I was like, yeah, I was like, okay. He was like, you can't like own everything. But I was like, okay, you're right. Like, cause I have this tendency to like, need to own like things. Um, so, and it's probably due to like me having sisters, right. I have three younger sisters. So Mm. I had, I had to be different. Like I, I didn't like getting the same things as them. I didn't like wearing the same things as them. I wanted to be the different person. And I, I tend to do that in my adulthood. No, that's yeah. good to know. I like that it's the original Pokemon though. Cause like, I'll be looking at some of the Pokemon nowadays and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yo, like, yo, <laughs> this, like there is one that's a tumbleweed. Like there's one that is literally a tumbleweed. I like they're running out of ideas, man. Bro, bro, you for, you forgot what this shit was. You know, they're supposed to be animals, right? Like, <laughs> like, like they're doing inanimate objects. There's Pokemon that are pies and cupcakes. <laughs> Like, 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 what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> They're like running out of animals. They're like, evolution has stopped. We have run out of animals. Like, we I don't mean, know. I mean, at least, at least do natural shit, right? Like, at least do like, you know, Geodude is a rock, right? Yeah. Or like, uh, uh, Oddish is, uh, is like a leaf. It's like a plant. Like, at least do yeah. like natural shit. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be an animal, but like do natural shit. Let's not okay. do like things that people make, like people make, people make like cupcakes and tea. There's a Pokemon that's a teacup. <laughs> <laughs> like, They're so making like, it sound like fucking like, oh, what's that? Like, <laughs> what's the Disney movie with like all the topic talking shit? Beauty and oh, the Beast. They're like Beauty and the Beasting it. <laughs> bro, like, it's like, what genetics are those? Like, are those- <laughs> oh my God. Dude, oh, if there's ever a talking lamp, I'm done. I'm done, man. <laughs> there is there's actually a Pokemon that's like it's called Varum and it's like a little mini motor. It's called Varum. <laughs> Dude, they make one that looks like a vibrator. I'm canceling Pokemon. <laughs> Vi- oh, they're gonna call it they're gonna call it Vibatron. Just wait, Vibatron. Oh, fuck. 
That's good. Calling it now, put, speaking that into existence. <laughs> you can uh, Venmo me or cash at me for that uh, Pokemon idea. I have a try. Oh my goodness, that was really good. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, let's dive into this pop. How the fuck do you set yourself up well for a contest prep? How do you do it? Because I feel like um, a lot of people are just like, I want to do a bodybuilding show. show. And I'm like, you need some you need some planning there fam you need like you need a you need a game plan you need to map out this shit you need to plan ahead for your prep um yeah i know there's some people thinking about shows next year and it's like well you should have already been planning that like i like like in advance yeah it's like a lack of knowledge right from from Mm -hmm. folks that are new they don't understand that you don't just like jump into it. Like you don't just start prepping for a show. And I want to say that this maybe is due to the mindset of like old school bodybuilding where that's kind of what they did. They kind of did that. Like they just, it was just like, anybody can do it. Like just start prepping. And so it, it led into, um, a lot of the practices that started happening maybe a couple a few years ago, like, and it mm-hmm. still leads into it today because we still have those old school people that aren't like up on, up on basically game yet. And they're just telling people, it's fine. You can just start. Like you can just start a prep. You don't need to prepare for it um, mm-hmm. because that's what they used to do. And it's not that it doesn't work because everything works, but there is like optimal and safe and, and safer. I mean, none of it's really safe, but safer. Yeah. Uh, and there is uh, just kind of putting your body through it for a result that you might not get. Um, and I'm not saying that winning is everything, but like me, for example, I'm not going to put someone on stage. That's not ready. Like I just won't do it. And I'm not just talking about their body. I'm not, I'm talking about like their mental state. Like I'm not, I'm talking about, uh, their, their ability to stay healthy through the prep, Mm -hmm. um, functionally, like there are lots of things that you need to think about prior to your your decision to get into a contest prep, because you don't want to be dieting for 20 plus weeks. If you, if you're dieting 20 plus weeks and you get on stage and you are not happy or you're insecure or your coach kind of makes you go up. And just because you've been prepping for so long, you want to be as secure as you can possibly be by pre-planning your body and your finances and your mental health. So. Yeah. Yeah, like that's kind of like the biggest heavy hitter is making sure you are functionally, mentally, and financially in a good spot to do so. Because like dieting for, you know, 20 to however many weeks you need to diet, whether you're an enhanced or natural athlete, like that takes a toll. And then prep is expensive. You have like, obviously your coaching, you know, payment monthly you are going to be paying still for your supplementation, your gym membership. So kind of like the things you're already paying for anyway, but then you have, you know, the NPC card that you have to register for. You have the show registration. You have, you know, women, I think are a lot more expensive because like posing suits are like $500 nowadays and up. Oh, they're more so now. You have your pose- oh yeah, I bet you they more. are. I bet like you it's five, like-, like five to 1200 and the good, good ones are like 800 now. Like when I, when I first started, the good, good ones were like 540, 600. Now they're like eight, like eight to a thousand. It's crazy. Like a fully stoned, beautiful suit. Gorgeous suit is that much. Yeah. So you factor that shit in. Then you have your posing 
heels. You have your, um, you know, your glam, which the glam you can like do cheaper on, but that's still money. You're still spending money. And then you have your posing coach is another expense. And like, you want to get a good posing coach. You don't just want some, you know, mamby pamby in there telling you to like, you know, do this and that, that it doesn't, you know, you're not going to have good stage presence. Like you want to make sure you're getting like a good qualified posing coach, that, you know, has some recognition in the industry. So that's another thing. Then you have the idea of like just the cost of going to the gym, maybe twice, maybe three times a day, depending upon how much cardio you have to do. Like that's gas money. And then like, obviously, since you are dieting, there's kind of like this need for that more dopamine, right? Because you're so like low on food. We're like, you need something to like make you feel good. And so like people will shop more when they are dieting and in contest prep, like they'll like kind of do these things where they like treat themselves, but they just need that dopamine release where they're like buying shit. They're like, what the fuck did I buy this? But they needed it. They needed it mentally to feel good, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and even thinking about like your food, right? Like a lot of times I think people don't factor in the, the aspect of food because they're always eating, but it does change. It does change in contest prep. What Mm -hmm. you are limited to eating, it might be more expensive. Um, You might be eating more frequently. You might need specific things like, like specificity of the food to make sure everything is consistent is going to be an expense and it's a non-negotiable expense. So when you're not in contest prep, you can, you can kind of negotiate, right? Like you can have a different type of chicken, whatever, whatever. I'm not saying you can't do that in contest prep. I'm saying you probably won't want to, you probably (laughs) will like the mindset when you're, when you're in contest prep is trying to make sure that everything is as consistent as possible. And if you are like really dedicated to it, like myself, when I'm in contest prep, I don't want anything else except for what I've been doing the entire time. Um, and that's generally how most people would do it to factor out any errors or any, um, like just room for error in general. Mm-hmm. So thinking about those costs is a lot. Like, yeah. and I think that sometimes folks don't understand you don't get anything from this. Um, mm-hmm. All of that shit is because you want to, is because you feel like it. It's not because you're going to get anything from it. You're not going to get a paycheck. You probably mm-hmm. won't get a sponsorship. You probably won't get anything. Like, and I'm, I'm just being realistic and honest. Like, it's very few that people are genetically gifted enough to just go pro their first couple of shows or gain sponsorships or what have you. Like, usually you really have to work for, for anything to be given to you. And your first couple of years, I mean, just speaking for people that are just now starting, I mean, you don't get anything from it. Mm-hmm. So you're putting in all this effort. And I think sometimes that people think that they will get something from it because they see their social status start to come up, right? People start yeah. to like really hype them up and they're like, oh, like, and they think that is going to get them somewhere. And it doesn't work like that. It takes right. years and years of work with this thing. And uh, if you are not willing and prepared for a lot of sacrifice to be able to compete financially time. Like it's a lot of, it's a lot of time that you're spending prepping, um, relationships, uh, relationships are really hard to, unless it's like, unless you're like Ashley and Eric, where you're like, (laughs) like you are like a, a couple that really works on themselves all the time outside of contest prep. Like contest prep is probably not for you. <laughs> like, yep. 
because it will impact your, not just your romantic relationships, but also your friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, because you literally cannot give time to people because you don't have it. And you honestly, at the, at the end of the day, won't have the energy. So it's not yeah. that you don't love them. It's not that you don't care for them. It's that you won't have the energy to put into them. And people can take that personal because they don't, yeah. understand, they don't bodybuild. They don't understand where you're coming from. They don't get it. They don't. I remember I was supposed to go to a concert. This is my first prep. I was supposed to go to a concert two weeks out. And um, I thought, no, I planned it because I didn't think it was going to be that bad. I didn't think Holy I was, shit. I I was going to feel that bad. Right. It was, <laughs> it was in a whole other state. It was in a different state. Like I was supposed to go fly and everything. Four weeks out, I told my friends, I can't go. Like I am tired. If I feel this way now, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to feel two weeks out. I'm going to be too stressed to do it. It's just not going to happen. And a couple of them understood and they were, and they're still my friends now, but there are, there was one in particular who went off on me. Like, I mean, she went off, like she called me a narcissist. She said that I was just doing all this for social media and like, it, it was crazy. And we haven't talked since. Like, because she couldn't, she literally could not understand. And it had nothing to do with her. Like she still could have gone to the fucking concert. Like you all could have gone. They didn't because they wanted to wait for me. So they, they were nice and waited for me until December, except that bitch. And she, and she, like, she didn't talk. She doesn't talk to any of us because of that, because of that thing where I was like, yo, like I am like, do you see my face? Like, I know I asked for this, but do you see the way I look right now? Do you think I want to go to a fucking concert? all the way in a different state across the country. And she, and she went off. And my point being is that people sometimes don't understand that um, yeah. because they've never done it. My mom was actually the one that told me, I don't think you should do that. I understand where you're going to be at and it's not yeah. going to be something that you want to do. And I was like, ah, I got this like two months out, eight weeks out. I was like, I'm good. I can do it. And yeah. uh, lo and behold, like maybe a couple weeks later, I started questioning it and I was like, Oh, I don't think I can do this <laughs> like that's so, awesome dude side like, note your mama's goat your mama's goat and I hope she had a great birthday but yeah she is <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's very unrealistic um yes. and she tells the truth mm-hmm. kind of like me uh, but mm-hmm. yeah she she tells the truth um because she's she's doing it out of love and she's just like yep. you know like I want you to experience life, but you have to understand that your life is changed now. Your life is forever different. It will never be the same. The way you view stress is the same, is not going to be the same. The way you view your efforts are not going to be the same. The way you view your lifting is no longer the same. Everything is different now, everything. And I did not understand it even in contest prep until I got really close. And I was like, oh, I see it now, you know? Um, Yeah. 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 And I think that's why it's so important to have a coach is because they can like mentally prepare you for this shit because they've been there. Like chances are, if you hire the right coach that's been in a contest prep, like they're going to understand where the fuck and how the fuck you're going to feel, especially X weeks out. Because as you get closer to your show, you are going to feel more like shit. Like that's just fact of the matter is unless you were the genetic elite or really using a lot of drugs where you can keep your food artificially high like you were going to feel really shitty. Like you just are. Right. And, uh, you know, that brings us to another point. Don't choose the show and Mm. get attached to the show date. Right. Um, I've done that 
And it puts a lot, not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have that pressure on you because you should to an extent, um, but it should be internal pressure that you give yourself, not external yes. pressure. So there's a difference. I think that uh, if we are to hone in on our internal pressure, it's our own expectations that we give ourselves to make sure that we do good, to make sure we stay accountable to ourselves. Um, these are standards that we give ourselves. When we have a show date that we get really attached to, we start inviting people, um, we start bringing other minds into this. It starts yeah. to become about them. It starts to become about making sure that you're ready for this date because people are coming to see you. And that's not how you want it to go. You want it to be, you, you want to be ready prior, maybe like a month, three weeks, go inquire with your coach. Cause you should all have a coach, um, that, <laughs> that is able to tell you, yes, we will be ready or no, we will not be ready. Um, mm -hmm. and then you go ahead and pick the show and you can have a projected date. You could say, Hey, I might do this show, but I cannot confirm or deny that that's going to be the date. It depends on how the prep goes. You know, if yeah. that's, that's what you need to do. Um, if that helps you a little bit to give yourself a deadline, but you should not have that pressure. Um, you should be able to kind of be a little bit flexible just in case anything happens. Like you could be almost ready three weeks out and then somebody, God forbid, somebody dies and yeah. you have to handle that. I mean, honestly, it's not worth going and doing a bodybuilding show when you're mourning a significant other or something like that, like this is shit that yeah. really does happen. So you might have to push the show back six weeks so that you can do your thing mentally. Um, so that's the benefit of just choosing the show, like when you're ready, instead of, you know, getting yeah. attached to a show date and pressuring yourself because that stress will affect your body. Um, and you don't want stress. You want the least amount of stress that you can possibly go through in your contest prep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I was actually reading um, someone's story. I think it was on Reddit where her peak week got messed up because the week that she was peaking for her show, her husband filed for divorce. Mm. And I was like, that's real life. Like, that's the thing is like, you did can he just, do all of. Wait, did he just wake up one day? It was like, fuck you. <laughs> I guess <laughs> so. I don't I didn't have context, but she was like, I was, she was, she was like, I was so disappointed on my showing because she still went through with the show. She's like, because the week I was supposed to, I was peaking, my husband filed for divorce. But like, that shit's real life though. So, like, okay, another story. I got another story. My mom doesn't listen to this, so it's fine. So there was this, there was this dude that she used to, that she used to be with. They were pretty serious. Yeah. She was in her second or third contest prep, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and he found, she found out that he was cheating on her like, oh. like two weeks out. Yeah. And she was like, I, that was like the worst physique that I've ever had on stage because I, she was like, I was so heartbroken. I was so upset. And just like, just all of that stress is going to affect your body. She was like, it was going really well. And then all of a sudden like that happened and all my entire prep went to shit. Yeah. Um, but what we, but she, what she could have done, but because she was so fixated on that show already registered, whatever, um, she went through with the show, but she could have taken a step back and done a different one um, or just allowed herself to like have a few months or just backed out the show. But she ended up doing it anyway. And she said that was the worst physique she'd ever had. And I mean, it's just because it's not even about like romantic shit. I know we're kind of bringing that type of shit up, but it's real life stressors, deaths, yeah. relationship issues, um, work. You could get let go of your job, you know, and yeah. that 
you know, that is a huge stressor that you might need to take a step back. Some people are really resilient and they're like, I don't give a fuck. I'm still getting on stage. I don't care. And that's you, but not everyone is like that. Um, and so you, you want to give yourself some room just in case anything happens because your mental health is so important in your ability to present your physique in the, in the best way possible. Yeah. Well, I'd say this, don't register for a show 20 weeks out. Like, don't do that shit. Like, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. And like, here's the deal. Like if something goes wrong, because life happens, it does happen. You're not going to get that money back. Show owners don't give a fuck. Once you pay, you pay. So like show up and be ready. And then like when your coach says, Hey, we're good. Let's go get what's ours. Then you find a show and you register. Like, Mm -hmm. and if it's two weeks out and you have to pay a little extra hell, if you have to pay a little extra, because it's like the fucking, you know, week out extra fee or whatever that sometimes show promoters have pay a little extra, but you, but pay a little extra knowing that you're coming for blood because you did your homework and you got ready, not just some arbitrary show. Honestly, late fees don't even start coming until maybe like a few days from the show. Like not even it's, it's pretty, it's pretty close. Like maybe like a week. Um, so you can literally wait until like a week out, week and a half out to register for your show. You, if you don't have to register early, like don't do it. It doesn't make Mm -hmm. any sense. You're not giving yourself that flexibility and leeway to put for anything in life to fucking happen, you know? So just be, be ready. Like one focus on being ready a a couple weeks out. Um, and then choose your show and also understand that anything could happen. So yeah, just give yourself some room. Absolutely. And even if you do give yourself the room, like you can play our third point is like, you can pre-plan better. So with your nutrition, with your training, with your schedule, you can plan all of these things. Mm -hmm. And it's good to have like a coach guiding you through this because six, you know, 20 weeks out, 16 weeks out, you should not be, you know, throwing the kitchen sink at everything. Mm -hmm. You should not be like doing already doing six days of cardio, six days of training, you know, 1300 calories. You do that for 20 weeks. You're going to be asking for a shit storm of issues and a very, very difficult prep. Prep is already difficult. I'm not saying that your prep is going to be seamless, but Mm -hmm. if you're already deploying the fat burners, the cardio, the extra training, the low calories, you're already doing that shit 20 weeks out. Where the fuck are you going to go? Like, where are you going to pull from? What variables are you going to manipulate? Yeah. And it's, it's not um, like you do want to be ready early, but you don't necessarily need to be ready 10 weeks out. Cause Mm -hmm. look, you cannot hold that physique for that long. I promise you, you can't do it. It's so stressful on the body that you can't, you can't hold it. You could do refeeds, diet breaks, stuff like that, if you know how to do it. But I guarantee I'm positive. If you're dieting crazy 20 weeks out, you don't know what the fuck to do with a refeed and all that shit. Mm -hmm. So if you don't, if you don't know how to do this shit, then hire a coach that can guide you through it. But understand that like, you can't hold a physique for that long. You can't like, it would, your physique at, two, three weeks out ready to be peaked one week out from the show is going to be a lot more crisp than if you are ready 10 weeks out and try to hold it. Even if you're doing diet breaks and refeeds, because you're still encountering so much stress from your body fat being so low. 
Mm-hmm. And so you're dealing with stress that you actually don't, didn't need to deal with. You're just sitting there ready for your show and you didn't need to deal with any of that. I don't know what people think. <laughs> so um, anyway. Yeah. And that also goes to kind of into another point that like I did that I wish I didn't do is I did back-to-back shows, but they were like a month apart. Um, and like that shit word. was hard to hold right and not only that but like one was in South Carolina and the other one was in Ohio so Mm -hmm. I had to like travel for it too which I'm not saying you shouldn't travel to shows but like at that point like my first peak week I was running from a hurricane like literally I had to like pick up my shit and and leave because we were being evacuated so that was my peak week right it was evacuating from a hurricane and then you know it was fine we did the show like I did my first show and then holding that physique four weeks and then traveling up to Ohio to compete again like that shit sucked even though food was higher and I was like reversing and like growing reversing into like my next show and being set up better than my first show you're still on low food you still feel like butthole yeah like you're cold if anything when you're reversing I I have to argue that reversing is harder um than staying low calories because your body, what it does is it starts expecting more. It starts mm-hmm. expecting. So it starts telling you, give me more. I see that you're yeah. giving me more. So give me more than that one. Give me more. Like, and your hunger signals start going haywire. Um, yeah. your, your hormones start changing too. So like yeah. where you might have been like low estrogen, low, low sex hormones in general, that shit starts coming back. So you start getting really emotional. It starts mm-hmm. really like fucking with you. And even when you're natural, this shit happens. This ha- it yeah. happened to me. My, um, so you're talking about being four weeks in between shows. I had a seven weeks in between shows once. Oof. That was the hardest shit I've ever fucking done in my life. I wanted to <laughs> fucking kill myself. I was, like, I was like, oh my God. There were several times that I thought I might just not do this shit. There were several fucking times I was dating someone at the time and we were literally talking about it. Like we were like, like, if you want to pull out, we can pull out. And I was like, I'm not pulling out. And he was like, okay, then I'm not pulling out. And I was like, I mean, if you want to pull out, (laughs) like it was so hard. We were both, we were both in the same position because as she was, we were doing a, he did a show a week prior to mine. So he was eight weeks in between shows. That shit just sucks. Right. Like, and I was definitely reversing at that point, but it was hard. Um, so don't do that. Like if you're going to compete a couple times in a year, try to make them a little bit closer together. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you have like, it would be months in time though. Like if you have a lot of time in between where you can actually heal, I mean like months, like three or four or five months in between a show. Like, okay, maybe you can do that because you've given yourself some time to eat. You might've had like your brain come back a little bit. This is mainly for like, I would say like bikini competitors can probably do this. Um, I don't think that other divisions, especially the women's divisions can do that type of thing because of the gear that's going up and down, stuff like that. And the men's, you tend to see that they don't do like uh, shows super far apart in the year um, unless they're like, professional professionals that their protocols are much different than people that are on the lower level. They like, mm-hmm. that's, that's their livelihood. That's where they get their paycheck. It's a little bit different. 
Um, but if you're not doing, if you're not getting a paycheck from the shit, you're an amateur, like you don't need to do all that shit. It's, it's not necessary on your body. Just, just yeah. plan for the next year. Okay. Just plan for the exactly. next year. <laughs> yeah, especially when you're at that amateur level. The only caveat I would say is if you are gunning for that pro card, where like there are some oh, shows yeah. that like their nationals are like, I feel like the national shows are like purposely sprinkled, like just enough far apart where it's like pain on the yeah. athlete if they are doing every single fucking national show. Like yeah. I'm sure the show promoters are like wanting to, it to be seasoned. So we're like, oh, well, you have been prepping since like, you know, November. So you do the earlier national shows. And then like, oh, if you started prep, like in the beginning of the year, then you can do the later national shows. But here's the deal. We're all fucking nuts. Yeah. If you, we're going to start prepping in fucking November. Do all the fucking national shows that we can because they're hungry. Yeah. They're hungry for that card, you know? And yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's what Rania and Jen did on Dominic Dream. Yeah. Um, they hit North Americans and then what eight weeks later hit uh nationals so mm-hmm. i think it was like six, it was between six and eight weeks i don't fucking know but like they did they, that's what they did um and sometimes like in that case you have to do it but they have the potential to do it so like if you come out of your your local show and let's say you win you win your overall just because you win an overall doesn't mean that you need to keep dieting for a national show mm-hmm. it might mean that you need to take a step back reverse build and then be ready for that national show. You need to have somebody that's really realistic with you and letting you know, like, hey, like you won't be ready for this. Like yeah. your, your, your body, it's not that you won't be ready conditioning wise, but your body, your musculature is not developed enough to do that yet. Right. Um, and I think a lot of times people, especially male coaches with their female, with their female uh, athletes, they're not, they're not uh, realistic with them. Yeah. For men, I feel like people are a lot more realistic with men. Um, and I think people should be more realistic with women as well and, and not be afraid to hurt their feelings. Um, especially if they're like super emotionally attached to competing in general. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually a beautiful segue. Nice job there on having an exit plan. Like Mm -hmm. many people, especially females get caught up, like their identity is competing, not bodybuilding, competing, like being stage lean all the fucking time and competing. That's a really really, really good comparison. That's a good comparison. Um, because I love I'm, how you were, you got psyched for that. Oh yeah. No, because that's great. Um, I think that sometimes people like, they like to say they're bodybuilders, right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes from what I see on socials, their protocols, how they eat, you're not a bodybuilder. You like to stay lean. You like to stay like, you like to stay ready. You think that staying ready is helping you, um, but you don't allow yourself to gain body fat. You don't allow yourself your hormones to come back. You don't allow um, yourself to actually bodybuild because basically what bodybuilding is, is building muscle. So you, I know it's crazy, right? Like bodybuilding is actually building muscle. It's, it's not, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Most of the time, you're not going to look like you're going to be on stage. I mean, like I was looking at photos of myself. Right. And I was like, damn, like I just, I, I don't look at all like I used to when I was competing in bikini. Why? Because I'm a bodybuilder. I wasn't a bodybuilder back then. So yeah, I'm going to look different. I'm going to feel different. Um, I move about my life differently. And when you're, 
a decent bodybuilder, you can't always think about your physique. Uh, and you have to think about what is going to drive the most growth in my off season and mental well-being and hormonal health so that I can actually build muscle in the areas that I want to build. So yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Agreed. Agreed. But yeah, you have to have an exit plan. And like, let's say you're working with a coach during your contest prep one, kudos to you. That's a good investment, but two, don't just be outie as soon yeah. as you step off stage. Like, like Britt said, reversing is honestly probably one of the hardest parts because systems start coming back online. And guess what? Like you are not primed right now for optimal muscle growth, both your fat cells and your muscle cells are very, very insulin sensitive. Now, what you just heard was muscle cells and you're like, oh, well, I am primed for growth. No, no, no. Fat and muscle cells. Your body wants to put on body fat. Like yeah. that's what it wants to do. So, like reversing can be so, so difficult because your body is like trying to get back to a state of normalcy, right? Back to that like homeostatic point. That's uh-huh. the point of body fat. And it's going to put on body fat. And if you cannot control your hunger cues and you start binging, like when we say that people can gain 20 plus pounds in a week or two, we are not kidding. And obviously yep. not all of that is body fat, but it's beside the point that is trauma to your entire inner sides of digestion inflammation, like extreme sodium and water retention. That's going to be hard on your heart, hard on your kidneys. Like these are things that have the potential to harm you in your already weakened state. Mm-hmm. Like we need to grow up here and be adults and be smart about our reverse because it's very, so, very serious shit. So being smart about your reverse is not just like hitting your food and making sure it titrates up and, you know, coming off gear slowly. And it's not just that it's also not planning vacations during your reverse. Like it's also, um, yeah, right. That's money, right? It's, it's being, it's being responsible about the environments that you are going to be in because look as somebody that did everything wrong, like their second time around reversing, just because I wanted to live my best life. Um, I can guarantee you that had I not put myself in certain environments, I would have been more successful, but I put myself in environments that made that pressured me to go out of my reverse, right? Things like birthday shit. My boy, my birthday was a week after my first national show. I went nuts because it's my birthday and that's, that's (laughs) you know, and I, I gained around in two weeks from my show, I gained around 15 pounds. And for somebody that is my height, I was yeah, 90, you're small. Yeah. I was 93 pounds on stage. By the time I was done with all my bullshit, two weeks after, uh, two weeks after my reverse, well, my reverse that I blew, I was around 110. Um, and that's a lot. That is a lot of inflammation. That is a lot of water retention. Then a few weeks after that, I went on a cruise. A few weeks after that, yeah, 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 yeah. This is this is all I, shit I did. Don't do this shit. Don't plan it. Don't give yourself don't give yourself environments where you could potentially go off, especially when there's lots of food around. Especially when you're around your loved ones a lot and they've missed you and they want to give you things. You have to be able to say, "Hey, I'll spend time with you, but I need you to not give me this. I need you like for my health. I need you to make it so 
you're excited to see me just be present with you because that's all I can do right now. But I can't do the food right now because what's going to end up happening is my health is going to be in jeopardy. Um, So I did a really, yeah, yeah, I did a really bad job of putting up boundaries um, after my last season because people were just waiting for me to get out of my contest prep. And I also put pressure on myself. I thought I mattered more than what I actually did. Um, I'm not saying I don't matter, but I'm sure if I would have said no, people would have been okay. But I put that pressure on myself. So don't do that shit. Don't plan vacations probably within like two months of your reverse, honestly. Um, Like really punker down and be good with your reverse before you put yourself in situations where you could potentially go off the deep end. And, And I'm saying that like, because you think you can control it, but literally your mind, your, your, your hormonal state is so different and your brain chemistry is different. So you literally don't know what the fuck you're doing sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you think that one thing is no big deal. And then one thing turns into another and another and another and another. And your brain chemistry being so different is what causes that. So right now you might think, oh, I'm going to nail my reverse. Don't worry, Brit. Like we'll be fine. And then you get there and all of a sudden you're a different fucking fuck. Yeah. They're literally a different person. So don't do that to yourself. Expect that you're going to have some type of struggles when you're reversing. So don't put yourself in those positions. Absolutely. Amen. Snaps and claps. Don't also get a fucking surgery after your show. <laughs> don't do don't do that shit either. We were what dumb bitches. Like I'm just gonna say, what dumb bitches? It's yeah, like what is. well, oh that's why look, we fucked up so that you didn't have to fuck up. That's right. You can pay us also. You can pay us for just like these experiences. So that way you don't like get booby surgery and then go on a cruise two weeks later with your fantastic tits and your unlimited booze. Like don't, I've already had, look, I've already had girls that have competed in, I won't say no names. I've already had girls that have competed in nationals. Tell me that they're going to go and get their breast augmentation in a cup in like a month or two and that they're ready yet. And that they'll be ready to go on like a vacation with their significant other. And I was like, hold on, let's wait. Let's wait maybe like six months before you go and you get a a major surgery like that. Um, And let's wait probably that longer for you to go on like an actual vacation where there's unlimited fucking food. Like let your body, let your body put on body fat first so that you, so that your brain chemistry is at least somewhat normal. Um, so that you can actually make sound decisions and then talk about, okay, let's go plan a vacation. Don't plan a vacation prior to your prep being done. That's weird. Don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) And I get it though. I get it though, because like you're lean, right. And like as bodybuilders, like most people would see our level of leanness and be like, ick, gross, but we see our level of leanness and we're like, oh, fuck yeah, let's go. Right. Like we're, it's so cool. And nice to get down to like subpar body fat percentage so you want to go on vacation because you want to take the photos because you want to remember yourself looking fine as fuck but at the end of the day you might look fine as fuck but you don't feel fine as fuck so like when you're looking back on those photos like no you don't I promise you you don't feel fine as fuck like when when you're reversing and stuff you feel like ass like absolute ass I don't care what anyone says I don't care if you've done you you're perfect in your reverse and it feels I don't give a fuck compare yourself now when you're reversing to when you have some body fat on especially as a woman as a woman specifically men are a little bit different 
as a woman, compare how you feel in a few months and tell me that you felt good back then because you think you do feel good until you actually feel okay. And you're like, wow, I was a bitch. Like, so, so let's, let's, let's be realistic and plan for all of these things to happen. All of these, um, all of these variables to change during your reverse and during your exit. Amen. Snaps and claps. But guys, like at the end of the day, like reversing contest prep, all of these variables, like it's not healthy, right? Right. That's why, you know, it's good to work with a coach to try to do it in a way that is as healthy as can be. Now, I want you to hear what I said and as healthy as it can be. I also remember what I said that it's just not healthy, right? So like, don't go into it thinking that you're going to like be just this healthy, you know, fitness person because you did a contest prep. Like you're not, you're not going to be healthy. You're not going to be healthy inside out. You're not going to be healthy mentally. You're not going to be healthy fucking financially either. Like it's very expensive. It is hard. It's not easy, but remember, um, we, we chose to do it. So we, all we can do is mediate some of the things that are going to happen and we can't play victim here. We can't, Yes. we can't play victim. So I'll leave you with that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it guys. Thanks so much for listening. We will catch you next time. In the meantime, peace. peace.